and we're live. Hey everybody. It's good to see y'all. What's up? Hey, it's been a minute. Yeah. It's been a minute. Uh last time we were on was like uh last month in March. Yeah. 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 A lot of schedules and we some some busy men out here, but we Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um I we had intended on doing uh episode uh the week after, but I forgot that that week was Easter week. Yeah. So, no, oh, yeah, that's right. And both the both of you had like, you know, church stuff to do, family stuff to do. Um, it's been crazy. Yeah, it's been crazy. It's been a crazy month. It's been a crazy month. It's like yesterday it was, it was April first, and now it's almost the end of April. So it's been crazy. Honestly, man. Yeah, hopefully we'll get back into consistent uh, school with uh, yeah. But man, a lot has happened since we last talked. <laughs> like, goodness, I, I I'm pretty sure last time we talked, I was and I was actually watching Chauvin case stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know all that stuff is going on. So, I mean, just to keep this small, I mean, we're just gonna kind of share our thoughts on um, I mean, I, no, I mean, I, I watched the movie of the trial um, as it was aired on live television. Um, but you know, Justin, I just wanted to just start with you. Like, what, what are your thoughts on that trial? Like, what are your thoughts on the verdict? You the verdict, and what is your thoughts on people's reaction to said verdict? Man, um, when I saw that he was convicted as guilty on all accounts, it literally brought tears to my eyes. Um, Cause we just don't get that. And it's sad. It shouldn't be that exciting. It, it shouldn't be that exciting. It, it should be normal. It should be something that we can bank on that we can count on but the truth of the matter is that african americans have not been able to count on the justice system in america to be fair ever so um that was a big deal for me um however i i, I have to say there were a couple of other thoughts that went through my mind the first being I I just find it strange that you could have a video that is nearly 10 minutes long that clearly shows that you have murdered a man mm -hmm. and you still have the, I want to say this nicely, the testicular fortitude to plead not guilty. I mean, that's that's incredible. Mind and it's mind blowing. Um, but then my other thought is, honestly, my very next thought was, I wonder how much prison time he's actually gonna get. Yeah, we. I'm pretty, uh, I'm thinking about that myself because um, one of those counts gets him 12 years minimum or 40 years maximum. Mm -hmm. 
because he's not a uh, second-time offender. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty... I'm, I wouldn't say excited, but I'm very curious what he's going to get. Like, I wonder just how far is justice going to prevail? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, honestly, this is my last thought on that, is it was so hurtful that almost immediately after seeing this, other articles start popping up on my phone of more black people being killed by the police. Even as the trial was going on, we're getting notifications of people being killed by the police. And it's like, while we are starting to get some sort of justice on one account, this issue is still happening. And we have to look at the systemic issues within the training of our police force. I know there are great cops. I have family members that are cops. There are good people out there. That that's not the question is not whether or not there are good cops. The the issue is that there is like we have people being killed all over the country with the same type of issue. So it's not like there's one rotten apple or one bad police department. There is a systemic issue throughout this country that allows this to go on. So we, I, you know, I don't know whether that's in the training or whether that's in the rearing of the police officers that do this, um, but something has got to be done. <laughs> something, something has got to be done. Hold on. Talk to me, Philip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm getting feedback. Um, but uh, I uh, I, I totally with Justin on that. Um, honestly, my thoughts are simply uh, honestly, ever since Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd, um, I've been pretty numb. Like I, I try not to think about it because I when I think about it, I just get agitated. Um. And angry and um so i, I kind of been pretty numb to it and just kind of just push it off to the side and i'll probably google it every once in a while just to see right. what's going on like if if he's been released because as we know the media will 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 show us something right they'll say hey this happened ahmaud arbery happened right um and I was actually looking up those things because it's been pretty much a year since all those things happened. So I went yeah. on Google to go- I Googled what happened to Amar Darver's killers and, and George Floyd and George Floyd's thing was still ongoing. The uh, Kenosha shooter, um, the 18 year old dude, um, I looked to see what's going on with him. That trial is set to go on in the fall, I think, in November of this year. And so um, so I was just kind of looking and uh I, I saw that I, I started seeing that he was going to be convicted and America was pretty much on edge the entire time. I could feel it all the way over here in the desert. It we everybody was on edge because the white people were on edge because they were scared that black people were going to go start destroying everything if the verdict went the wrong way. And um, and 
black people are on edge because they're wondering if if this is this chance that we're finally gonna get justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and my thing is, is, is why did it take so long to deliberate over an officer that killed a person? Because if you look up the black officers that killed white people unjustly, they have been locked up immediately, stripped of their badge, all that cool stuff, locked up immediately. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, is every time a black uh, uh, a black person is killed and an officer, you know, officer's white or whatever, they and and they kill a person, and the first response is, well, let's just deliberate about it. I'm just like, you have the footage, you have right. the footage, you know what happened. So why are we taking so long? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, why are we taking so long? You know, I, I just think this is just a huge deal because of how rare justice is. You know, um, um, Ben Shapiro had made a comment and said uh, something to the effect of, uh, what did he say? Um, he said, um, so Don Lemon had said justice has been served. And Ben Shapiro said, we all know he would never have said this. Um, he's speaking of Don Lemon, had the reverse verdict had been reached. And so somebody replied and said, that's because, Ben, if it was the reverse verdict, justice wouldn't have been served. Amazing observation. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, I'm trying to choose my words here. It's three in the morning, but I'm just probably going to go off here. But my thing is, is we have the video of George Floyd being killed. He died. We literally watched that. We literally watched life being snatched from that man's body in front of us in real time. And our Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, our evangelicals, are trying to find every single way to exonerate Derek Chauvin. Make it make sense. I'm trying to figure that part out too. There's there's proof. There is legit proof about this. There's a video. Okay. They're like, well, he resisted. I wasn't resisting. I mean that wasn't resisting. I've seen resisting but, on top videos before. I got that wasn't it. But even if it was resisting, once someone has handcuffs on and mm-hmm. they are subdued the resisting argument goes out the window they weren't still like his knee wasn't on his neck he wasn't like what is this like oh get off me like dude literally was like i can't breathe mm-hmm. like what yep. resisting like that argument goes out of the window yeah. once he's on the ground that, and then that, they that say, argument's gone you know and then they hit you with the well he was high on fentanyl right and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, what if he was? Let's just let's just go with that logic. What if he was? Why can't you understand and acknowledge that the officer, the officer's uh, uh, or former officer's knee being on his neck is going to exacerbate that issue? Not only that, but if that's the case, even if 
his knee being on his neck for that long, like full body weight, his knee on his neck that long, even if that wasn't the call. Why, when he said, I can't breathe, did he not care enough to at least check him? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did it take the EMTs that got on the scene until he finally, and they had to kind of give him a little push to get him off of his neck. After nine minutes. And right. after he, I mean, you can't tell me with your foot on somebody's neck, like if you're on top of somebody, you can't tell me that at some point you feel them not breathing, not moving, nothing. Like you didn't even check for life. So yes, even if the knee didn't kill him, which I'm pretty, which a bunch of experts say that it did, even if yeah, that, he was dead by the time the EMTs got there. Yeah, yes, even if it was the case, you still didn't even show concern for human life. When Thank you. I can't breathe multiple times when you felt him become non-responsive. People that were bystanders told you he was not responsive. A firefighter off duty told you to check his pulse. What did you do? Nothing. So even if he was high, and if, and this is like really a crazy if, the knee didn't kill him. The fact that you didn't even do your job as a public servant to just care for somebody's life. Yes, yes. Is, should, should be like murder in itself. Yeah, so, yeah. but Philip, get this, get this. Tell me why I have seen police officers do the same thing well, not necessarily put their knee on a person's neck, but I have seen this scenario play out. They're trying to get somebody under control. And I have seen police officers put their knee in the small of somebody's back. So yeah. mid thoracic spine, like upper to mid thoracic spine, right? And so they, they put their knee there, they, they get them cuffed. I've seen this play out multiple times. They get, put their knee there, they, they get them cuffed. Once they have them cuffed, they take their knee off of that person and they sit them up against the wall or against the police vehicle. How many times have we seen that on the on the TV show Cops? <laughs> right, right. That is literally or how many times have we just seen that in general? Like if you're if you're passing by and the cops have somebody cut, usually they're sitting on the sidewalk, especially if they're not resisting, they're sitting on the sidewalk or something like mm -hmm. that. You know? Yeah. So my, my thing is is that that from what I've seen growing up, that is standard procedure. You you make sure because that that knee technique in the in the in the middle of their back, in the middle of their you know uh, mid upper T area, that is a way to get that person under control. It is not a means to be used for long periods of time. Because think about it: you have a knee on your chest, on on your back, or you have a a knee on your neck. That's gonna hurt. It's gonna suck. It's just gonna you're you're gonna be short of breath. Yeah. So, 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 my thing is, is, is in Derek, uh, in Derek Chauvin's case, you had George Floyd on the ground. He wasn't fighting y'all. He wasn't punching and throwing punches and reaching for tasers and guns. He was on the ground, subdued. On the ground, subdued. And then, not only was he on the ground, subdued, but he had four police officers on top of him. So I'm trying to figure out, you have four 
police officers on top of one man. You have them under control. Why can you not sit them up and call an ambulance? Because another part of their training that I have seen is that once you have a person under control, and if y'all have been in an altercation, I have seen police officers, good police officers, ask the person, hey, do you want me to call an ambulance? Do you want me to call a medic? Are you hurting? Do you need medical attention? And that person can accept or deny that medical care. Derek Chauvin did none of that. Absolutely That's exactly. none of that. There was, there was, there was just no care for right. him. And I mean, not, not you could just, see no. it. Yeah, yeah, you could just didn't care. nonchalant, no care in the world. And and my 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 thing and, and kind of my thoughts on on the whole thing is that there was a multiracial jury on this case. Um, I think there was like four or five black people, about four or five white people, and then about two or three uh, multiracial people on this case. Now. To get to that verdict, um, and from what I know, from what, from what from the research that I've done, they unanimously came to this decision. So, and T.D. Jake said this, they were presented with all the facts and all the evidence, and they came to a unanimous decision. Now the media, they did not get their, their, their evidence and their facts from the media. And and this is where um, now I am the biggest not not fan of Candace Owens, but one thing I do like that she says is that the media lies to you. Mm -hmm. They will push whatever agenda. They will spin any narrative that they want to, knowing that most people don't have the due diligence to go out and one do their own research, and two change their opinion when presented with actual facts. So they can spin any narrative and cause division between people. The fact that people on Facebook are still divided over this verdict, when the jury came to a unanimous decision when presented with all the facts and all the evidence, which is why whenever I see stuff play out on media, I never am quick to, to like come to a judgment. Never. Um, even though sometimes I'm just, I, I just see something and it will probably spark an emotional response. I'm not quick to make a judgment because I'm like, I don't know all the facts. I don't know what happened before the videotape. I don't know what happened after the videotape. But what you can, but one thing that is beautiful about this, this generation that we're living in is that you can't go anywhere and have things not recorded. Stuff's just going to get recorded. Yep. So, um, and a lot of people are like, well, uh, you don't know what happened before the videotape. You don't know what happened afterward. But the fact that we have video to begin with comes a long way from the times when we did it. When things used to happen, and it was he said, she said, and cops had to go to multiple witnesses. But now the world can be a witness to this and somehow draw different conclusions. Yeah. I mean, my thoughts on the verdict. Obviously, I agree with the verdict. The man's guilty, um, and and people will, and people will will say that he was high. Okay, people will say that it wasn't the knee; it was cardiac arrest. Okay, 
But all that being said, and everything that I mentioned before, when the fact that he didn't even show concern for human life, it would make the verdict even that much more um, peaceful. Like I can, I can sleep well at night knowing that that's a, a good, a good verdict, just because of the fact he did not show concern for human life. Yeah. And people will say, well, George Floyd's on the same. Of course not. Yeah, he went to prison. Um, yeah. Apparently, robs somebody. Yeah, terrible. Terrible. Um, and that's not that shouldn't be condoned. But cops are not to play judge, jury, and executioner on the street. Now, if a cop's right, that cop has every right to defend himself or herself. Yeah. All senses that somebody else is like to threaten. I also believe that they can defend the the population from somebody that chooses to harm other people. But when you don't show concern for human life, whether I mean in America, the the, the way the, the justice system goes is you are innocent until you are proven guilty. But you cannot prove somebody is guilty on the street, on the sidewalk. And so as a cop, it's your job to get people to the courtroom so that they can be proven guilty, if they are yeah. guilty. It's yeah. not your, you can't become emotional and try to and, and try to bring your own emotions into it. Uh, you, you just can't do that as a cop. And I know sometimes it's probably hard. You know, I, I don't know what it's like to be a cop. I'm not going to pretend I know what it's like to be a cop. But I do have a, many friends that are cops, and I try to empathize with them and actually try, have conversations with them secretly in, in, in direct messages because I want to understand what they do. I want to understand what they think in certain situations, what they've been trained to do. And so many things that point to the fact that this verdict is the correct verdict. Yeah. And, and all that being said, kind of leading into the next thing with uh, this other case with uh, Micaiah um now he was uh 16 i think 16 years old so I, I, as i've read the articles and everything he's kind of seen the story play out um she called the cop her life was threatened or something she called the cops cops show up see a girl chasing other people with a knife. Um, now, my first thought. Now, when I saw, I saw the video. My first thought when I saw the video. Okay, so I saw just about all black people standing around. Why did nobody do something? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I kind of don't understand. Like, but, but, like, let's not even talk about the cop. I'll get to that in a second. Why mm -hmm. was this whole community? standing around watching people fight with knives. And this kind of brings me to a, a very big point, parenting, okay? Yeah. Parenting on both sides. If you don't do your job as a parent, your kids will grow up to do stupid stuff like shoot at people going by with a fake gun you will raise your kids to chase people with knives. You will also raise your kids to 
the job where they feel like they are the big boss, they have the authority, and people in a negative way. You will also have school shooters. You will also have terror. So parents, do your jobs, please. There was no, first of all, there was no reason why a cop should have shown up and seen a couple waving a knife trying to kill other people or trying to stab other people. I don't know. I mean, I'll get to the cop, like I said, in a second. But I, I kind of hate how sometimes in the black community we have accepted this kind of behavior from each other. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I don't want to I don't want to feed into the uh, uh, the, the the other people's uh, argument against the black community like, oh, we're about black on black crime. But we kind of do need to address some of it. OK. Yeah. Like we, you can talk about the fact that the cop shot the girl. But can we talk about the fact that he showed up and she was going around like a crazy person trying to stab people? That shouldn't have been happening in the first place. And why did nobody standing there check her? There was like at least, at the very least, six, seven people standing there. Why didn't anybody do anything? Why didn't anybody say like, hey, you probably shouldn't have a knife in your hand trying to kill other people, mm -hmm. right? Well, before I address the cop, we, we just need to understand like, is so important and way more important than people think. Why are we letting people do this? And even if you weren't a parent, if you were in that community, why were you standing around watching? Now, I know I know some people, they're like, I just mind my business. because, And some people just have their own safety. That's fine. But you can't be outraged when the cop shows up and sees one person trying to kill another person and then tries everything that he can do to stop that person from killing that other person. Now, my thoughts on the cop shooting her four times. That seems a bit excessive. Four times that somebody with a knife seems a bit excessive. But I don't know the cop's state of mind. I don't know the cop's training. I, I'm pretty sure cops are trained to shoot center ass. And I'm pretty sure that they are trained to shoot kind of until their target is down, from what I understand. Um, and I feel like that should be something that is looked at in police training. Um, the whole kind of shoot first, next, questions later thing. Shouldn't be happening. Mm -mm. No. And that seems to happen in this situation. I understand why he did it. And I don't blame the cop. I know that I may lose some friends over that, but I I kind of can't blame the cop when you see uh, like uh, and I see that I see the snapshot of the girls like literally with the knife in her hand about to stab another girl. Like what if he didn't shoot her? Then what would have happened? Would that, would that other girl have died of her stab wounds? You know? So I don't blame him too much, but at the same time, he does share some blame. I feel like four shots was excessive. I feel like, honestly, he shouldn't have even had his gun out. I felt like he should have had his taser out. You know? You can use a taser. Um, but I don't know. Like that, That's a sticky situation that I just got to say, parents, do your job. Yeah. Parenting is, is, is huge, man. And honestly, on both sides, parents just got to do their job. Because there's no, and there's also no reason that a cop should join the police force with, and, and somehow he gets on the force, he gets through multiple people, gets through a background check and everything, gets on the force, and he has a power trip issue. Mm -hmm. 
Like they, they get on the force and then all of a sudden they want to inflict their will on other people. Kind of like the video that I saw where uh, there was these other two cops that were that stopped this black uh, lieutenant. Um, and, and, and yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a whole story behind that. But the, the guy that was using basically excessive force, like, I mean, I mean and, and this is an older guy, but imagine his Imagine being tolerated from when he was young. Now he's still in his ways, still thinking that he can get his way with everybody, especially now because he's a cop and has a match. Imagine that. Imagine the parents allowing that behavior, and then when somebody gets old, they inflict pain on somebody else. Now I'm glad that that was going to but and it doesn't even matter that he was a black lieutenant. It was the fact that they used force on somebody who was wearing the uniform of your country, right? You know, so I mean, and and before I get that down that rabbit hole, um, Justin, I'm going to pass it to you about your thoughts about the the, the Makia Bryant, Makia Bryant situation, um, where, where the cop showed up and she had a knife. In. I mean, heartbreaking, heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. Um. So I, I'm gonna have to say uh, at the uh, for the onslaught. I mean, and I, and I don't know how bad the. I mean, obviously this had to be a pretty bad fight for a kid to pull out a knife. Yeah, and it clearly was not the first fight of its sort for her to even have the knife to feel like she needed to have one on hand. Yeah, right. Um. Now here's my deal though. And then she called the police. Obviously, if if it was her goal to just be trying to kill somebody, uh, she would have never called the police. That's a good point. You know, nobody calls the police to get caught. Like True. So I think she had the knife in self-defense. What yeah. annoys me about the scene is that we're dealing with children that are fighting and adults are just standing around watching exactly and i don't care whether it's your parent i don't care who it is if you're watching like how do you just stand there and let kids kids go at it kids right you know like you don't let kids get that far Especially like to the point of pulling out weapons. Weapons, yeah. Like you don't, you know, that's just not something you do as an adult. So I feel like we have irresponsible adults. Yeah. Now, when it comes down to the cop coming in and shooting, I, I hear the arguments of, you know, okay, hey, he saw someone with a weapon, anyone shoot. I get that, but, but I also have to ask. Is that I don't I don't know that that's really a fair argument. Nope. And, and the reason I don't think it's a fair argument is because I feel like if this was a white child, that sh- they'd still be alive today. And and I don't just pull that out of race baiting. No. I pull that from the fact that Dylan Roof hmm. could go into a church and kill people and get Burger King. Mm-hmm. I, I pulled that from various other snipers that were arrested that were clear dangers that had military grade rep weapons 
and are still, you know, allowed to to move around and live. Um, so it's not. I just I think that there were better ways when you're talking about children fighting. You're talking about, you know, um, and not only just children but girls. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this isn't a slight to women at all, but come on, you're a grown cop and you can't break up the fight of some teenage girls. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm I, just asking it's where excessive. I feel like where is the de-escalation? None. Like there was absolutely none. Showed up. Oh, she's got a, a weapon. Shoot, shoot, shoot. I, that doesn't make sense to me. Where's the de-escalation? When I watch videos and I can look online all the time and see where you know um, people that are not black can literally be attacking the cops, trying to run over cops in their vehicles. I saw a video the other day of them trying to arrest someone. And he literally hit a police car with his truck, broke through with a cop hanging on his vehicle, and this man was arrested alive. No gunshots were fired at his tires. No, like the cop that was hanging on his car didn't try to shoot through the window. Like, so I'm seeing people that present much larger threats than a knife in the hand of a 15 year old girl, and these people aren't shot. So it's on that basis that I'm like, okay, and and, and so. It makes me feel like one of the issues that we have in the police force is I don't know that people, I feel like you, sh- you should have people policing neighborhoods who have some type of identification or at least live in that area, if possible. Because I feel like what ends up happening is we put these suburban white police officers and send them to patrol the hood and they're raised with this fear of black people. Mm-hmm. And when they show up on the scene, and, and this is me giving them a benefit of a doubt, when they show up to the scene, all this fear of don't go through that neighborhood, you're not safe here, lock your doors, put on your seatbelt, there are bad people here, don't go there at night, all of that comes up in them and and they can't handle it. That is true. That's very true. They can't handle it. And, and, and I would like to think that they're not all just racist and that maybe that this is just things that have been taught to them about black people in areas where there are lots of black people and that maybe that this is a portion of why they behave the way that they behave. And not that it's an excuse, but yeah. and that reason would make me feel better than to think that these people just willingly want to kill black people. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm with you on that one. Like, I feel like it's really kind of just like a fear. Like, you go into that neighborhood and you're immediately on the edge. You're immediately kind of your hand is is kind of magnetizing towards your gun instead of your taser. You know, because all their life they're taught when you come here, you're not safe. Yeah, you're not welcome. You're not safe. We don't want you. And I kind of and I hate, especially with this whole uh, defund and abolish the police movement. Like now, police literally don't feel safe themselves you know yeah and you know some some people are like well just get the cops out uh in, in like total like just get the cops out no cops at all like i mean obviously that's a good idea but it's just like now now in this i feel like cops don't feel safe and black people don't feel safe with each other no like, exactly it, 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 now me cop never stops me 
I don't fear for my life because my experiences have been good for the most part whenever I deal with cops. But somebody else or when, or like a young teenage black boy that sees stuff like George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey, sees stuff happen before their very eyes in the hood. And they see this and they're scared whenever they see a cop. So their first instinct is to run. And then cops see that they're dangerous because they ran. You know? So well, it's it's a cultural thing to run. Yeah, yeah, because they they just don't want to get caught by the police. So they're so so the so the black boys are scared of the cops because they're afraid of them, and then the cops are also scared of the black boys because they feel like they're dangerous, especially if they're you know if they're fighting, resisting arrest. And I also want to put this out there. Listen closely to our, our viewers. Resisting arrest is not punishable by death. One more nope. time. One more time for the evangelicals nope. in the back. Resisting arrest is not punishable by death. Facts. So any you see somebody resisting arrest and they wind up dead, if they're not threatening the life. I remember seeing a video where this, where this black man, I believe it was in Atlanta, where this black man, uh, like cops used a taser on Taser didn't work. Like man was just, he was a unit, so just ate the, you know, the taser. <laughs> and I, I think at some point, he grabbed either the cop's taser or the gun. Yeah, yeah. He ended up dead. Yeah, it was in Atlanta. Is a justifiable yeah. situation of lethal force. Yep. It's justifiable. Because he was resisting arrest, but then he threatened the officers' lives and other people's lives. But even that situation was avoidable. And, and because before it even got to the point of arrest, honestly, it's like, why were the cops called in the first place? It's because he was sleeping. He, he was in a drive-thru in his vehicle, and he was asleep. He was drunk. He was asleep. No, no, no. Understandable. But, but the key to that is in that it was a Wendy's drive-thru. He pulled his car over by himself and was asleep. So when when you know, like he it wasn't to my recollection, it wasn't like a scenario where like he drove there drunk and then was like, Man, I'm a little messed up. Let me let me stop. You know what I mean? So he was there in the parking lot. So my my question is again, where's the de-escalation? Yeah. When, well, um with that situation, he had, um, so he, you know, they, they were talking, like the officers came up to him, they were right. talking to him just to find, and, you know, he informed him, in, informed them that, you know, he wasn't in a good mental headspace, first of all, to begin with. Yeah. It was the, I think, one or two year anniversary that his mother had died. Right, and so right. he was in Atlanta to, you know, pretty much, I guess, continue the grieving process. And... Um, and I think they understood that. I think they did from what I remember from the video. Um, and then all of a sudden they start tussling. They start tussling. But like, yeah, I like it became a whole wrestling. And, and my thing is in a scenario like that, wouldn't it have been easier to say, you know, cause he said, Hey, look, I'll walk home. My, my house is right around the corner. Like, or you, you I'm not even trying to 
Huh? You could, they could have given him a ride. Right. And that's what I'm saying. You could have given him a ride. You could have threw him in an Uber. There are ways. So my thing is when it, I feel like the police are like, when it comes down to black, they almost feel like their job is to protect the population against black people mm. or from black people, but they're not there to protect the lives of black people. And that is, that is the problem is if your job is to protect and serve, then whatever community you're going in, you should be looking at how do I serve? How do I protect this community? But it seems like that line of when a black person is a threat, like, you know, it it's just a, out the it just, you know, like when a black person or a white person does something, white people get a lot more rope, if you will, or a lot more leniency on what is perceived as a threat than a black person. And th that that is the that is why we have these complaints. It will be one thing if it was that if a white person does it and a black person does it, they get the exact same treatment from the police force. The problem is that we have seen and we have videos and we have documents showing that white people are able to get by with doing so much more and they are not perceived as a threat and black people doing so much less and they're perceived to be so much of a threat that they need to be shot. Mm -hmm. But not only that, but you remember the story of Christopher Donor, the guy, Donor, he was a cop that saw another cop use excessive force against somebody. Mm -hmm. Complaint. Police force did not. He also complained about other situations where cops use excessive force. Yes. Filed formal complaints. Force did nothing. So one day he decided to take matters into his own hands. And um, long story short, he ended up killing two cops. The whole police force in the country wanted this man's head. He was a black police officer. The whole country wanted this man's head. When they finally found him, there was no DSM whatsoever. They, they surrounded the house and just opened fire. Just kill him, straight up. Yep. And like Justin said, you have Dylan Ruth, who, alive and well, and gladly, because I, I don't I don't agree with people, so alive and well, good. And he got the man murdered. And they showed up, they de-escalated. Now, I like to be as objective as possible. I don't like to always pull the race card. But when you see things happen the way that they've been happening, you can kind of come to certain conclusions. That it may not be racism, but it may be a systemic kind of racism where, like, like I mentioned before, you go into a certain neighborhood, you're immediately on it. Mm -hmm. You're immediately for your life. Like, as a cop, I feel like you should always have your head on the swivel. I feel like there shouldn't be a neighborhood that you go in that you don't have your head on the swivel. But it's like when they go into the projects and they go into a hood, it's a different story. Yes. Now, yeah. granted, with the with the Micaiah Bryant situation, maybe in a certain neighborhood, you probably wouldn't see that. You know? Which is a fair argument. And that That's brings right. me to 
parenting thing or just the community in general? Why was everybody standing there and allowing this to happen in the first place? That's the part that gets me the most about that case. It boggles my mind. So I yes. can't, I mean, I'm not going to sit up here and, and call for the cop's head. I'm not going to sit up like, I really can't do nothing. I can't make a judgment in the situation because the situation should have been happening in the first place. Yeah. So certain yeah. things are circumstantial that I can understand. Mm -hmm. But where everything is going at this point, I mean, even I, I just made the decision that I refuse to make posts on Facebook and Instagram about these kind of things anymore. The reason why is because people don't understand and they don't. No, 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 pause, 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 pause. No, no, people don't want to understand. They don't want to. And they don't care. They don't want to, they don't, they don't care. care. They don't care at all. They don't listen. And, and I know that I, I have a friend, he's a brother who has training, who he's a cop now. And certain things that he was sharing on his Instagram story, and I was watching closely. Um, and his his argument of just basically everything is like, at least try to give us cops some respect because we put our lives on the line for you. Absolutely, Fair. absolutely. Same with the military. You should give them a general respect because they sacrifice their lives. They put their lives on pause to serve this country. Understandable. I, I get it. I'm a service member. I get it. I understand. I'm doing it right now. Yeah, and that's why, yes, I respect cops. I don't call for every cop's head or whatever. But still, I just refuse to keep on beating a dead horse when it comes to these kind of situations. Mm -hmm. Because most, of, most, most black people's first argument is that, oh, it's because we're black and this and that, this and that. But even though the cop didn't show up and like, oh, this person is black, let me shoot him. Even though that probably wasn't their mindset. There's the intangible where they probably walked into that situation already on edge. Because I've seen, I watched a video, and I wish I could send you both the link, but I watched a video where these two cops pulled over this white gentleman. And the white gentleman said that he had a weapon in the car. Now these two cops at some point drew their weapons on him. And he said, because his life felt threatened, he was going to grab his weapon. They didn't shoot him. As a matter nope. of fact, they said, don't do it. Don't do it. They yelled at him, don't do it. And then they he, he actually grabbed his weapon too. He did. But they also, the tone of their voice was this. Please, man, we just want to talk. Get out the car. Because they were trying to get him out the car for about 10 minutes. This was their tone. Please, man, let's get out the car. Let's talk about this. They repeated that phrase over and over again. The end of the video ended with this man telling the cops that he was going to drive off. And he put both hands on the wheel and drove off. Not a shot fired. Now take from that situation what you will. But I saw that. I'm not making it well, up. Philip, well, 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 Philip, here's the thing. It all boils down to, and Justin brought this up earlier, um, the internalized fear that white Americans have been grown up with. Um, I can for sure, I, I can for one speak to that because when I went to uh, one church, not the one I'm going to now, but when I went to one church, um, it, there was a a a uh, things that were said um, about me. They were like, uh, "We don't want to make him angry." 
we we don't want to to, right. to get upset. And they, they're speaking about me. And this was, and I'll go in and say this was a very racist church. And so they like like they said stuff like that about me. They made those assumptions about me because the idea in white America, this is how they this is how some most of them raise their children. The idea is black people when they are angry are uncontrollable animals. Right. And that and that we need to stay away from them because you never know when they're gonna go off. But let me why is it that they because, because of what the media has portrayed? Not just that, but like the situation with Micaiah Bryant. The black community has allowed some of that behavior to happen. Yeah. Not only that, you have these rappers in mainstream, you know, music that talk about that thing. So even though even though these rappers say that it's not real, it's a joke or whatever. You have other people listening to that music that think that is real. So, and, and here's the problem. Right. That was It is, and this, I, I don't want to take the conversation too far off, but when you remove black men from our neighborhoods, from our homes, uh -oh. yep. I, and I absolutely I believe that this was planned oh thousand percent. it's documented remove, yes yes when sir the black man out of the home structure you everything runs wild and, and so and then and then on 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 television and in movies we have this whole notion of of you know the only rich black men are doing crime or or do or you know playing sports or rapping. Um but the 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 Huxtable character, you know, the Cliff Huxtables, that that doesn't exist in modern television and in the imagery that we are presented. You you have the even amongst black people where the image of the black man has been torn down so much. Yep. Mm -hmm. Even black women, uh, in many cases, don't really respect black men. No, no. So you have this, and vice versa. Yes, and you know, you have this whole color purple idea of you know this man getting beat or this baby boy, you know, taking advantage of uh, of a black woman. So we, we don't have enough imagery in front of us of strong masculine black men. Mm -hmm. We don't have because. Because I, I am, I am like you. I am convinced that the war on drugs that was the war on drugs that was manufactured war into our communities. Yes, you got some history. The war on drugs that was manufactured into our communities mm -hmm. after the big wigs like Donald Trump decided mm -hmm. to take their factories and move them overseas. Therefore, taking jobs out of the black community, where yes. because back in those days, black men had factory jobs that gave them a 20 year pension. You know, mm -hmm. they had families, they had homes. It, it was like the Huxtables. Yep. You had a bunch of you had a bunch of Huxtable families around the black community. 
Yeah. But once you but once you once you introduce drugs into the community, you take now, away look, the jobs. Re re repeat that first part. Once you do what? what? Once you introduce drugs. Who, into who brought the drugs there? The CIA. And that's not a conspiracy theory. Anybody that knows me knows I absolutely vehemently detest conspiracy theories. Hey, that is not that right there. Is That's not facts. a conspiracy theory. That is it, a it's, it's 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 been proven. Like there's no way you can disprove the fact that this was not planned, like Justin said. This exactly. was planned, and we're dealing with the fallout of systemic racism because it's systemic you. because you planned it through the system. You didn't go through it directly. You didn't do Jim Crow. You didn't have colored bathrooms. You didn't have colored seating. No, no, no. You got rid of that. And then you planned to destroy the black community. Exactly. And, and my thing is, is, is once you do that, and 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 you take the you, the big wig, the big corporations are like, hmm, I can pay a person three cents a day to make the same thing instead of paying somebody fourteen, fifteen dollars an hour. Guess what that's gonna do? You're leaving people without jobs. And then when you leave people without jobs, and then you introduce drugs into a community. And then figure out they can sell drugs. They can sell those drugs to people and make a good money for their families. And now you're like, well, hey, I think those drugs are illegal. We need to get them off the street. And then you go, and then you go start a campaign against an entire race of people that you have been subjugating and pretty much pigeonholing for the last right. 200 years. And, and let's keep in mind, Let's keep in mind with these drug charges, and it goes back to the same thing we were just talking about with the killings, that for a black person, for the, the amount of jail time that they get for a black man versus a white man for the exact same drug charge with the exact same amount of prior offenses will be completely different. But you can't say that that's not systemic or that that's not racist you can't you can't say that if you yeah. look at it this way there are people that lived in the days where they, we had segregated bathrooms sure we had segregated seating that are still alive that age demographic of people run this country right yes yes Yes, right. they, that same yes. demographic of people are in Congress. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Same people make our yeah. laws. You made such a great point with that. And you really thank you. You really and then and then they have the nerve to give us a black president, which I'm glad we have one, to basically say there's no kind of racism. We're we're good, right? The whole system of racism thing—it's—it's it, it's a lie because you have billionaires like LeBron James and Kanye West, and then you even have Kamala Harris, who's the vice president. So there's no more racism, right? I hate—I hate that argument with the, with with every fiber of my being. Black exceptionalism does not negate 
black subjugation. Not in the least. There was always a house Negro. Thank you. They don't want to hear that. Always a house Negro. Always. Uh, can I? Uh, should I do it? Uh, oh. Go ahead, Philip. Go, go ahead. ahead. I know where you're going. I know where you go ahead. Go ahead. Candace Owens is a perfect example. Yes. You know what? I, 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 I need to say something. I'm sorry, but, but like, I see, I, I, you, you're one thousand percent correct. You want to know why? I the reason I don't care for Candace Owens is because I see some of my younger self in her. Same. That I thought. I thought years ago that if I did again did the same thing as Candace Owens, parrot their rhetoric, say what they say, to try to get them to like me, that they would. I realized and I found out that even when you're saying what they like to hear, even when you're parroting their rhetoric, they still don't like you. No, I, I still I still remember this one time. And I remember I was in that phase where I wanted to do everything they did just to be accepted. Mm -hmm. I remember one time I was in a I was in a 15 passenger van coming to and from a, a, a youth camp. And a white boy looked me in the eye and he said, Hey Philip, you're black. Yeah. They did we, that to me too. We I remember sing, that. We we were all singing this. I, I'm pretty sure it was a casting crown. And I was singing it word for word because I love me some casting crown. It was um it was a play a place called Grace. I think it was that one, yeah. Yeah. And he looked me in the eye and said, Philip, you're black. Now this is a true story. I promise you. Oh my god. I was there. This is a true story. Now <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna sit up here and, 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 and say like, oh yes, yes, because I was just trying to I was literally just trying to fit in. As a teenager, most people know me what too. that I was just trying to fit in. I didn't want to feel like an outcast. I didn't want to feel like I was different. So I listened to the same yep. music. I tried to wear the same clothes. I tried to walk the same. I tried to talk the same. I was not the same. And they never let me Yeah. No. It, it doesn't matter how much, like, I realized this when I was trying to be accepted by white people. It did not matter how much I tried. No matter how much I changed who I am, it did not matter how much I alienated my blackness. I, they, like Philip said, they always, always made it a point to remind me, hey, you're black. You'll never be like me. You'll never be white like me. And, and it wasn't, and it wasn't till I got older into my 20s. It, no, it was, it was older till I got to my 20s that I realized I'm like, these people never accept me for who I am. And I need to be okay with that. The thing with Candace, that, I mean, I'll, I'll pass you just real quick. I, I just want to say this. The thing with Candace is she's, a, she's an intellectual woman. And sure. she, a lot of times she does make some great points. But the way she goes about it by almost demonizing the black community is where I draw the line with King. Me too. That's why that's why I'm not a huge fan of hers because, because it, and the, the crazy part George is, Floyd, is, for instance. George acts, Floyd for instance. She acts like she speaks for the black community when she doesn't. And it, the, that in itself is a racist idea that there can be a singular voice for right. the black community. Right. Who speaks for white people? Exactly. Yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> Who speaks for the Asians? 
you know, who speaks for the Hispanic community? There, no, the no other community has a singular voice that we say they represent Black people. Exactly. So, and and it's so weird because I've literally seen under her videos, you know, even on Ben Shapiro's page, I've seen people comment, "You such a great voice for the Black community." Mm -hmm. No, she's not. She's not I'll put it to you like the thing that agitates me so much is. When when Philip when you and I were around me and for those of you that don't know me and Philip grew up around predominantly white people, that's yeah. why we have these experiences. Yeah, uh, mostly predominantly white Southern people, and so. Oh yeah. Um, the the thing that triggers me, I guess you could call it a trigger, is I see in those comments when they're talking about Candace Owens. Oh, she is so articulate. She is oh, so well spoken, and that's the same point oh, that was said to me, Philip. Yep, same here. But I told you to trigger. when people say that, they say it to me as like almost as an insult. Like you shouldn't talk eloquently. They don't expect like you to have any intelligence. That's it. Ex thank you. They don't expect this. They don't expect me to sound like it. And they're like, "Oh, you talk white." What, what? does that mean? What exactly? And that, that's my question every time. What, what do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. my thing is 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 when i see those comments about her and that oh she is so intelligent and and i and i can see through it i can see through that bull crap because they only think she's intelligent because she's parroting their she's doing their dirty work she's the house negro doing the dirty work right and you can say that's a disparaging term it's not and, and, and we I also wanted to bring up the fact, like, it's no secret, I'm married to a white person. Here's the crazy part. Is people from, okay, so one, from both communities, people will look me in the face and say, you're not supposed to be. Yeah. Which is the, which is the crazy part. They expect her to be the intelligent and mm -hmm. to be the flying monkey behind oh, Phil, Phil, hold on, hold on. They expect her to be the one that makes all the money, and they expect you to be the bum right. that leeching. makes no money. That's leeching off of her. Because, and, and, and here's the crazy part. I brag about my wife all the time because when uh, she, I mean, she she left by now, but she was, the for the longest time, she was the manager of an icon. Now, when I said that to people, they thought like, oh, she makes money. Yeah, she did. But guess what? I made more. But we don't want to talk about oh, that. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Were, were you? Were you? Was it legal? Was it? Was it over the table? Mm -hmm. Because not only that, they'll see me. <laughs> they'll see me driving around my Dodge Charger. They'll see me wearing my Jordans. I mean, my, my sneaker collection sitting right here. They'll see me that wearing all that, and immediately draw that conclusion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and and the thing is, is 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 they when, when that, that's why, like I said, I can't really get behind Candace Owens. Because of because of that fact, I I see myself into her. I see myself in her, my younger self in her, and I know where that road leads. Eventually, they're gonna turn on her like they turned on me and call her the N word like they did me. And and when you parrot their material, they think it's okay. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah yeah, because because I remember one time. Um, I'm pretty sure both of you've gotten this. But I remember one time they're like, you're not like 
the other ones. Oh yeah. Y'all ever y'all ever gotten that? Yeah. You're not like the other ones. Or, or remember, remember in order, you remember when y'all were around them and trying to be accepted by them, one of the one of the tenets of being accepted or you, of what you thought was being accepted was allowing them to disparage black people and you not say anything. Do it. And then when they're done, and when they're done disparaging black people around you, they'll look at you and say, but not you. You're right. They laugh the at it. And and you can't. The, oh man, mm -mm. And, and don't get me wrong. Now, and I I have very close white friends. I, I I have some white people that I love to death, like family. But one thing everybody knows is it is not okay. And, and can, like we will talk about race, we will talk about all of this. The same conversations that I have with you guys, I'll have with them. But it is never okay for you to pick on and disparage black people in a demeaning and, and in a nasty way, and that I'm going to be okay with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and what what I think black people have got to come to the, that black people that hang around white people have got to come to the to to the conclusion of is that we can absolutely be friends, we can be cool, we can even be family. But mm -hmm. you're going to love me in all of my blackness. Thank you. Thanks. And that's a boundary. And that's a boundary that I have had to learn to set. Yes. And honestly, um, you know, since I've been in the in the you know apostolic church, um, it is it has not afforded me many friends because of that boundary. Because I'm not willing to budge on that boundary at no. all. Well, and I, there's there's people who there's there, there's, you know, you know, Christian apostolic people who see what I post, who are, you know, Caucasian and they see what I post online. They see that I'm out and proud about my blackness. They see that I am in I am I am uh, vocal about police brutality and all that encompasses the black community. They see that and they they label me a liberal and they don't want to talk to me when they see me at church. And I pick up on that spirit. Well, I'll let you in on, on the equation when it comes to me personally. I find that I am treated different when I have my suit and tie on. Than yes. When I yes. Have oh, because yes. Because oh, yes. I, I have two wardrobes. Like, I, if I show you my closet, you'll see two things. You'll see my suit and, and, sh and dress shirt section, and then you'll see the other section that literally just has hoodies. <laughs> so I wear majority hoodies and joggers or I wear a suit. There's really kind of no between except for like two outfits that I have that, you know, kind of go that in between kind of business casual kind of area. So I got my J's over here. I got my Jordans. I got my Yeezys. I, I got my, my, my Nike SBs and my Curry Sour Patch Kids. I got all that sitting over there. And I got my, my three dress shoes right there. When I'm wearing my three dress shoes and I'm wearing them suits, I see people accept me more and treat me differently. I know they call me sir in the suit. Mm -hmm. And they'll call me brother in my Jordans. Because mm -hmm. a relaxed black, black man is a threat in America. Yeah. I, Philip, you remember this? You remember when we were younger? And I, I, I still, this still rings and booms out in my head. You're about to my mom and dad, 
What's that? I was like, we're about to wind down, people. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, go um, ahead. Go. My, my mom and dad did not want me and my brother wearing hoodies or straight bill caps. Oh, yeah. I wear, I saw- I wear them. I, I, I wear them to this day. Yeah. I wear a hoodie and a straight bill cap all the time. And, and it booms in my back of the head. It, the reason my our parents told us that is because of the negative connotation that white Americans have associated with a straight bill hat and hoodie. Mm-hmm. And so, and and I, I mean, I, I love my I love my parents and all, but the thing is, is they can not my parents, but the people who associate negative negativity with that outfit, they can die mad about it. Because until you talk to me and until you get to know me, you don't know anything about who I am. Because like Philip can, I can switch it up. I can be dressed in sweats in a straight bill one day and I can be in a suit the next day in a, or a button down and some khakis. I mean, I can, I'm serious, I can look like a one second and then look like you're seeing another second. Like, seriously, I can't. <laughs> like, I, I'm just, I've seen that, I've seen that negative that negative connotation live and play out. For instance, um, uh, talking about that church again, um, I had drove up to, for those of you that don't know, black people wear do-rags, not because we're in gangs, but we wear do-rags because our hair doesn't lay down like y'all's. And I'm specifically talking to people with straight hair. Our hair doesn't lay down whenever we comb it. Our hair is coily, so it naturally stands up. So in order to get our hair to lay down and look wavy, we wear this thing called a do-rag. And so I drove up to church one day. Usually I wear my do-rag to church, and when I get to the parking lot, I take it off, and then I walk inside. That's my, that's my routine. This time I had drove to church, and I forgot to take it off. And I had accidentally walked in church with it on. And I immediately I was like, oh, snap, and I took it off. Well, one of the singers uh, made a comment to my best friend and was like, what is that thing he wore on his head? And so he, 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 he's a, you know, she's like, that looks like a thug, you know, just, you know, white red. And, and so he, my, he, my best friend is white. And so he explained to her or tried to explain to her what a do-rag is and why I wear the do-rag. She refused to understand what he was trying to tell me. Of course. What, she was, what he was trying to tell her. Yeah, she didn't want to understand. Because I'm of sitting there thinking, why is a hair piece something that is used to a cosmetic piece? Why is that? Why, why does that have to do with gangs? Exactly. <laughs> what? Thank you. <laughs> What's but, this? But but this for, for for the folks that are watching, specifically evangelicals that are watching, this is what we black people in predominantly white Christian organizations have to deal with. But to me, I mean, so winding down, I'm, I'm going to get my closing thoughts uh, on top of that. So, um, my wife and I have conversations about this kind of stuff all the time, and the reason being that she generally wants to understand the stuff that we go through and things that she says sticks with me. He said, she would say something along the lines of, I would have never known. 
that she or she would say I didn't grow up around black people that much so I never saw that I never treated someone like that you know but I bring that up to say that many people don't see that side of the story mm -hmm. and because of the way you were growing it can affect how you view situations like this because many people will probably watch this and think that we're telling stories. Like we're just making up stuff, we're exaggerating. No, we're not. And, and I feel like out of all three of us, I play devil's advocate the most because I want you to understand that I see your point of view. But what I don't understand is why you can't see mine. <laughs> well, I play devil's advocate to show you that there's somebody out there that I'm not always looking at this. But I see your argument about things, and I understand that. But there's still the experience that I have that you can't explain your way out of. So that's why we have this conversation. We have this conversation because we want people to understand what goes through our minds. But we also want to let you know that we see the things that you say, too. And what, especially what I try to do is I try to bring that argument to the table so that we can talk about this, so that we can have a conversation about it. Like, like I said, I've talked to cops about all these situations that have happened in the past couple of years. And we've had that discussion. I'm not going to tell you about the discussion, but we've had the discussion because I was willing to understand them. And I'll even go as far as to say most cops will probably sit down and have a conversation with you about a lot of this stuff. Most of them, because they're good cops. They're people that serve. But you have to be willing to do the same thing. Yeah. One more thing, then I'll pass it to you, Jesse. I, I heard that the average reader of the Washington Post has a master's degree. And the average person in a Facebook comment section can't even spell right. That's why I have selected to not argue with people in Facebook comments anymore, especially, or even post my kind of thoughts on these kind of subjects on Facebook, because people don't have the intellectual capacity to see your side of the story, see your experience, see where you're coming from, and be like, I understand, here's what I think too, and then you deliver it. People just don't have that intellectual capacity. And that's why I can't sit here and cast my pearl before swine. <laughs> I can't sit here and try to empty out my intelligence on somebody who won't even attempt to receive or understand. So with yeah. that, I'll go ahead and pass it to you. Um, uh, in my ending, I, I want to say, number one, to sum up what we have been saying all night, I'm, I'm going to use the phrases of Martin Luther King Jr. There's a speech he gave called The Other America. And the point that he made in that speech is that there are two Americas. Mm -hmm. There and I don't mean North and South America. I'm talking about right here in the United States. That there are two Americas. There are two different realities that are happening simultaneously 
one of those is the life that most black people will experience and then there's the other that other people get to experience and um I want everyone to wake up to that reality. It, you know, just because you aren't black and have not maybe experienced these things does not mean that we um that that we are lying or that these things aren't real. These are real experiences. And just because you yourself have not at least knowingly done some of these things that are racist does not mean that others don't. Um, I, I want everyone to just also, th this whole angry black person thing, and the black people, you guys are so angry, you guys are so angry. Yes, we are angry. We have every reason to be. Yeah. But I would have to say more than angry, I think we're hurt. And tired. And tired. I know for a fact, me as a black man, last year I was very heavy into the political scene of things. And this year, February came and we had Black History Month. And I didn't make a single post. I didn't make a single video. And ordinarily I would. But I didn't have the energy for it. No. I'm literally tired of being upset. I'm tired of seeing the injustices that happen to people that look like me every single day. I I'm tired of my heart rate quickening up every time I see police lights. I I'm tired of looking outside when I see someone pulled over to check to see if that's a black person or not, just in case maybe I need to stop and film it. I am I am worn out. Yeah. And that's how we feel is we're tired. We're, we're tired, we are tired, we're tired. But then also to my black brothers and sisters, I wanna say this. We have been fed certain narratives about ourselves and allowed ourselves to live out these narratives that were never our original reality. And my admonishment and encouragement to black people tonight would be, let's take back control of our own narrative. Yes. Mm -hmm. We, we can have our own families with the father and mother there. Let's reclaim our moral standards. Let's let us, I know it's not easy. I know it's hard, but let's reclaim our neighborhoods. Yeah. We don't need to see more kids like that 15 year old girl dying. Like let's police our own neighborhoods. Let's clean up our own streets. You know, um, to the black men in my generation, come on guys, this is on our shoulders. It is. Those of us that are, you know, we, we are starting to become the fathers, uh, uh, you know, and it's like, what are we going to teach mm -hmm. our children? What, what do we want black pe boys to look like in 20 and 30 years? 
it's estimated that by 2050, that the average black wealth number will be zero. That black people will have nothing in 30 years. That's pathetic. I, I just, I, I want, I know we're, we're tired, we're, we're, we, we complain, we do all that, but let's start to be people that go back to that mindset of we are going to build in spite of. Yeah. Um, we've got to take on that mentality because quite frankly, no one's going to save us. No, nobody no, is. Do it. <laughs> you know, um, and so it's time for us to be the people that say, hey, um, we're going to do it for ourselves and to use our creativity and the, tenac the tenacity that is innate within us to do good for our people. Yeah. Yeah. Are your closing thoughts? Man, all I got to say is uh, I'll, I posted a meme or I guess you could say a quote earlier this week. And it says, before you argue with someone, ask yourself, is this person mentally mature enough to grasp the concept of a different perspective? If not, there is no point to argue. And that resonated with me. Um, as a lot of you know who follow me on Facebook, last year when all this stuff was going down in real time, I was in there. I was going at it with this one dude, this one white guy on my Facebook page. And I, we were just going, going out, arguing. And it was just like a daily thing. You know, I post something about Black Lives Matter. Here he come, all lives matter. You know, and so I got really depressed. Lee, coming into this deployment, I got really depressed and heartbroken. Because, and it wasn't, that guy, he's not a Christian. But what really broke my heart, what really got me depressed and, and really sad was because the people who claim to be brothers and sisters in Christ to me were the yeah. main ones, the main ones that were against me. Yeah. The main ones that did not want to sit down, have a conversation and try, at least try yeah. to understand where we're coming from. Yes. That is what broke my heart. It, 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 I'm telling you guys, it tore me up. And I had, and I came to the real, and it's like God, the God tapped me on the shoulder and was like, Caleb, why are you arguing with people that don't care? Right. And I, that right there, that hit me. I was like, you're right. <laughs> You know, God's always right. But I was just like, you're right. Why am I arguing with people that don't care? And they're telling me, they're telling me, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. They're telling me that. And right. in, in so many words, they're telling me, you know, hey, black lives, you know, hey, this is what happened to me. And then they all lies matter. You know, mm -hmm. they're telling you in real time. I don't care. Yes, they don't care. And I, and, and I, and I had to sit down i didn't post anything for like a month and i had to sit down and i had to come to terms with the fact that yeah 
I may have brothers and sisters in Christ that I go to church with and they say that they love me, but past Christianity, that's it. Yeah. That's it. You know, so I'm here to say to my fellow black people, fellow black Christians and all, um, like Justin said, we have to keep on keeping on. We have to continue in spite of. We have to strive for excellence ourselves. Yeah. Like for me, um, I want to be in medicine. I, I want to be a physician's assistant and, um, and then go back to medical school and become a doctor. I'm telling you, I don't care how long it takes me. I will be Dr. Ross. The reason for that is, is because there, there, if every, ever since I've been a child, I have always been in spaces that were predominantly white. And the doctor's field in being a doctor or a physician assistant is a predominantly white field. Sure. In order yeah. for me to break the cycle, I have to do that. I have to go into medicine. I, I can't just you know, I'll just go in the military for 20 years and get out and no. I I have to do this for my kids. I have to. Yeah. I, like nobody's going to give it to me. And I and I don't want anybody to give it to me. Mm -hmm. Wanted to clear that up. I don't want anybody to give it to me. We, we do free college and Go ahead, Justin. Go ahead. I don't think black people are asking for handout. No. Just stop blocking us every time we go Thank to make you. progress. Thank you. Like for for instance, like I like you're like, well, you got free college, you're in the military. That's privileged. No. Because I could right now they could attack this base and I die and I never see a dime of that college money. That's right. Free college. I earned that. Absolutely. I you know earned I mean? that. And, and I mean, just just to go and you know wrap this up. I mean, this was a lengthy episode, but it, it's good that it was because um, we shouldn't rush to discard somebody's experience. Yeah. yeah, we shouldn't be so hasty to change the subject to our opinion and our narrative. Mm -hmm. um, but also, take time to sit down. And just listen to somebody's experience just to understand. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's my thing. Because um, my I'll say this and I'm and I'm done. My thing is is to my fellow white people, the people that I call family, people that I love, people that I call friends, understand yeah. this. Take the time to listen, take the time yeah. to understand. Okay. I understand that the circles that we run in are anti-science and prone to conspiracy theories i am begging you please put down your conspiracy theories especially when it comes to racism yeah. do not use your conspiracy theory to trivialize racism to make it of none effect and if you have because i because from this whole thing started you know well that's only happening because the democrats want to do this da, 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 black people being da, da, da. you you are trivializing right, our, our experiences in white America. You're trivializing that with your conspiracy right. theory. Yep. So I implore every single one of you, 
even the ones that hate me for saying this right now, I implore every single one of you, if you have a shred of Christianity inside of you, one of the tenets of our faith, one of the traits of being a Christian is empathy. Mm -hmm. Learn how to have empathy. Learn how to be emotionally intelligent. Pastor, yes. I implore you to do the same thing. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. the, the, the prevailing rhetoric, well, not rhetoric, but the prevailing thing that has been said about the church in this season of COVID-19 and racial tension is that the churches have been silent and pastors haven't said anything because they don't want to offend anybody. So with that, I'll just say, please, 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 empathy, empathy, empathy. And with that, that's all I got. Thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in. You that did. Um, do us a favor, please share this with yes. Share this um and and like it just for the Facebook algorithm. And also in the comments, I don't care if you disagree with us or if you agree with us. Go ahead and put your thoughts on you know certain things that we said because we want to know too. Because we actually do want to understand. We're not gonna argue comments or anything like that, but we want to know. We want to see your point of view and your perspective because we're. You know, we have the intelligent capacity to be able to sit down and look at somebody else's viewpoint, their experience, and opinion and perspective. So with that, like I said, please share. Thank you to all that y'all have shown us so far. Um, we have, I, I probably all of us when I say we didn't expect this amount of support. So we really do. We appreciate those of you that tune in every time that we're here. We'll be getting back to the schedule and we'll be letting y'all know um, about that real soon, but um, yeah, stay tuned for more great topics and more great discussions. Yeah, um, we're not always going to talk about race, and we're not always going to talk about you know stuff that churches should always do. We're going to have more conversations. But um, with that, thank y'all for joining, and we're going to see y'all next time. See y'all. God bless.